Love Talk Radio. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the Pro Wrestling Opinion Show. And today we're going back to our greatest matches series and talking about three of the greatest matches coming out of the Clash of Champions from 1993. And I'm joined once again by Juan Silva. What's up, man? Good evening, Logan. Good evening, wrestling fans. As we talk about three of the greatest matches in the history of the one of my favorite wrestling series of all time, The Clash of the Champions. Yeah, a great um, thing that a lot of us um, old-time wrestling fans used to love. It was their, they build to it, and it would be basically like the 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 um the pay per view version of the uh six oh five show. Um, I, would, I would I would uh compare it to the old Saturday night main event. The old WWF Saturday that was their version of Saturday night's main event. Yes. And uh they would and, and it was it was an important event and, and they used to get a lot of eyeballs on it. So a lot of people have fond memories. These three matches that we're gonna be talking about, let's go into them. All right, from January of 1993, Clash of Champions, the formation, the first time you'll see the Hollywood Blonde, Flying Brian Tillman and Stunning Steve Austin team up as they go up against the world tag team champions of Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and Shane Douglas. Then we go to June 1993 as the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Barry Windham, defends the title against Tuco Scorpio. And then we go to August of 1993, where the WCW World Champion, Big Van Vader, defends the title against the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. Hello? Yeah, these are great, fantastic matches, and they are true professionals in every match. Uh, so let's what I love just... about these three matches, each one is a different type of match. There's no, there's no similarity between the three of them. You have a great tag team match with a lot of high flying and I mean high risk maneuvers. You have a great little man versus a great big man in the second match, and then you have your typical power match. I mean, just so all three matches, different type of matches, and all three great matches in the tradition of the Clash of the Champions. Indeed, and uh, great announcing too on all of this. Uh, yeah, I think Jim Ross on too, and Shivani and. Uh, and, and, Ventura, all, all, yeah, and Ventura is on all three. And Ventura is spectacular on all three. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's great. So let's go into this. Uh, first talk a little bit about the formation of the tag team between Shane Douglas and and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat because uh, how, long, how long were they together? They had just formed back in November of 1992. Um, the World Tag Team Champions at that point were Dustin Rose and Barry Windham. And during the Clash of Champions in a great match of November 1992, there was a face-versus-face tag team title match. Dustin Rose and Barry Windham versus Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat and Rose win the tag team title. Um, there, there was a, a collision occurred, and Dustin Rose didn't want to take advantage, being that it was it was his fellow babyface, fellow friend. He didn't want to take advantage, so he helped um, them up, and they won the costing the tag team titles. After the match is over, Wyndham turns on Dustin Rhodes, destroys him. During, in the locker room, Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas are being interviewed by Tony Schiavone, and they're talking about, oh, 
what a great match. I don't, um, I don't understand what's Wyndham's problem. If they want to rematch and get it out of nowhere, Wyndham destroys both with a chair and just leaves them both laying out. We set up a match that we covered on the greatest match series, the greatest matches of all time series, from Starcade 92, Barry Wyndham and Brian Pillman versus Speedboat and Shane Douglas, which was a spectacular match and a match that you can check out on the archives that we talked about. Wyndham became a singles winning, going after the NWA title, so now Stone Cold, I mean, not Stone Cold, at the time, Stunning Steve Austin teamed up with Brian Pillman to become the Hollywood Blondes, and that's what sets up this match at the Clash of Champions, January of 1993. And this is the final match and the final card that Jim Ross um, announces for WCW. Yeah, this is a great match, this this match here, you see what great workers Shane Douglas and Steamboat. This, really- this is Shane Douglas's prime, and at this point in time, you can make an argument. Richie Steamboat is the greatest worker on the planet. He is spectacular. This match, though, he's just phenomenal. Yeah, he. I mean, he's just on, on fire, and he's like perfect. He gets his spots in perfect, and he's. His wrestling, his mat wrestling this is really is great. This man is damn near 40 years old, and he is the best guy. He is the oldest guy in this match and the best guy in the match. Indeed. But, yeah, they're all good, man, all these guys. So well, yeah, but Steve, but as you, you see the four, and, um, kudos to Stone, to Stone Cold today. Stone Cold always talked about how he's who he became because the one guy that helped him at the, at the beginning of his career, and that was Ricky Steamboat. Indeed. So here we have them dominating in the match, in the initial part of it. Quick tags in and out, really fast stuff. Some great um, just um, mat there work. Was, and- there was one great move I love at the beginning of the match where um, Brian Tillman pretends that he um, hurt his knee. Yeah. And, he, and then he hits uh, Shane Douglas. And then he tries to leap on top of Shane Douglas. And in midair, Shane Douglas hits him with a belly to belly. That was yeah, that was perfectly timed. And there was a lot of stuff in here that, I mean, if if both performers weren't on point, it would have looked sloppy, but they, they worked together so well, these two teams. I'll be honest, I don't think Ricky, Ricky Steve Holman fucked up a spot in his life. He was, he was perfect in the ring. Yeah, he's getting those arm drags in. and the, oh, you know, those, those arm drags are something. I love his arm drag takedown. So, but, so for the first part of the match, like, Every once in a while, the the um, you know stunning Steve and Flying Brian they get a little offense, but ultimately gets cut off and they dominate for the first part of the match until uh, this that um, they start cheating and and doing some things, uh, little dirty tricks, and they start getting a little bit of advantage. But for the most part, like baby faces dictate this whole match, and it seems like they're the better team, obviously. But uh, they really put them over well. But hey, Brian, Flying Brian is awesome, dude. Like Flying Brian's got like good areas. This is this is this is Brian Pillman in his prime. This is Shane Douglas in his prime. This is before Stunning Steve's prime. He's getting he's getting he's getting there. This is Ricky Fimo, and you can believe it. Past his prime, yeah, he's still the best guy in the match. Yeah, dude. Like he's just a ring general in there. 
I mean, so so what the the finish is that the let's see what happens. The, there's a uh, he cheats. He tries to get. Uh, yeah, actually, it looks like they're gonna win, but then he goes and gets the uh, belt, and he hits him with the belt, and the referee sees it and disqualifies him. But oh, and he busted Shane Douglas open. And Jim Ross is great in this match. I yeah. Mean, he's a, oh, he's a yeah, he's 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 spazzing out, and then you got you got uh, something greater than when a wrestler is fucked. Jim Ross is going crazy. Oh, I missed I missed those days. Oh, he's making Shut up, Yeah, but during the right before the match gets underway, or like right in the, the beginning of it, uh. He um, Jesse Ventura is like I don't know why Steve-O's looking at me. I've been retired six years, you know. And also, also during the match, uh, Jim Ross brings up because he always likes to bring up the the wrestlers' college credentials, and he talks about Shane Douglas having a master's in education because Shane Douglas became a professor. And his, uh, Jesse goes, Oh, that's right. He went to he 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 graduated from University of Rock Slipper. Yeah, that was a great exchange. And then uh, Ross is like, yeah, I think Russ Limbaugh is a big fan of WCW. And he's like, oh, Ross, don't make me throw up right here on TV. <laughs> and uh, this is right before Jesse becomes – well, at this point, Jesse's the mayor of Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, and a few years later he becomes governor of Minnesota. And, and Jesse's always been a libertarian, more on the liberal, liberal side, so you could – you could understand why he would be at odds with a creep like Russ Limbaugh. Yeah, he, he actually, yeah, this was right when he was launching his uh, practicing. His political career had already been launched. Wow, I can't believe it that he, this guy's a mayor and it looks like that and he's announcing as a heel. <laughs> he looked like that, he was a governor. <laughs> but I, I didn't realize he was actually working for WCW and still the mayor. Yes, he he. After he left the WWF, he became mayor, and when he signed a contract with, with WCW, he was the mayor. He was, he, he was doing football uh, commentary while mayor of Brooklyn Park was <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, so this match was really good. I mean, you should definitely go out of your way to see it. And uh, actually, this clash was pretty good. Um, what else was on this clash? Um, yeah, this was a great clash. It was the babyface turn of Cactus Jack. Um, right. And this was the last major show that Bill Watts and Jim Ross was involved with because a couple of weeks later, Jim, um, they were both be forced out of WCW. Wait, are we talking about a, a, another? No. Well, yeah, we're talking about another match, right? No, no, no. You're talking about this class. The class of January 93. Right, but I'm saying, like, didn't he commentate the two Colts Scorpio match? No, no. That's Ventura and Shabani. Oh, okay. That's, and, and what about the. Um, Okay, yeah, right. And the bull and the bulldog that um because, because Super Bowl February ninety three, Watts is gone, Ross is gone, and it's Shivani. Eric Bischoff takes over and Shivani and and Ventura doing the announcement. Who's announcing uh, British Bulldog and uh Vader? Shivani and Ventura. Okay, so those two. And so yeah, so they they um for some reason I thought Ross got two of them, but I guess he only had that one. So so, yeah, he did a great job here. I guess th- this was his uh, audition, or I guess he had already been hired. I don't know what the thing was. No, but, no, no. What happened, what happened 
after um, he was let go from WCW, he was a free agent for about a month, and then right before WrestleMania, McMahon hired him. And who did he, like, who was there before Ross in the WWF as the main guy? It might have been Gorilla, and Gorilla was getting up in age. I think he took Gorilla's spot. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Because Gorilla because... was getting up there in age, and then they made Gorilla the president, taking over Jack Tunney. That's perfect. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good. That's a good move. I mean, obviously, Jim Ross, the greatest announcer of all time, um, I think. But um, yeah, without a doubt, I mean, I don't think I don't think there's a question to that. The three greatest announcers of all time are Jim Ross, Gordon Soley, and Lance Russell. Jim Ross is number one. You could say Russell is number two. Soley is number three. I love those three guys, but Ross is the best because Ross treats wrestling like Gordon Soley did too. I'm not. I'm not going to. I mean, he learned from Gordon Soley how to treat wrestling as a sporting spectacle, not as not as a clown show. Right. So, but which was interesting that he ended up going to WWE because because they, you know, that's what they do. But he, yeah, he but still during the most prosperous time, he was the main announcer. Yeah, and like maybe they didn't, and they fought against him. Like they kind of told him to. They oh, wanted I mean, him to McMahon, do McMahon did everything he could to disparage. Him. Yeah, he hated the fact that Jim Ross got over. I, I really think that because he, one, he didn't create him. You know, like he created like this fucking Michael and Cole guy. McMahon always wanted a young guy. That's why he kept pushing Michael Cole. He wanted a young, pretty guy to be the lead face, not an old, ratchety fat man. But that old, ratchety fat man was the best in the business. He, it, it doesn't matter what a wrestling announcer looks like. Motherfucker ain't tuning in to see uh, the wrestling announcer. Yeah, they don't even see them like most of the time, and they shouldn't. Like, we see Michael Cole way too much, you know, in, in wrestling today. Unfortunately, unfortunately. All right, so let's get on to the next match. We got this uh, class of champions. Um, what's the date? This is June of 1993, and I love this. And um, Two Cole Scorpio at this point was getting a push, but then they ruined it by putting the tag team with Marcus Bagwell. Oh, my God. And then later on in 93, or it might have been early 94, but sometime within the next six months after this match, he was fired for failing a, a, a marijuana drug test, which they, they missed the boat on Scorpio. Scorpio could have been huge for WCW. They tied him down with a bullshit tag team. I mean, he was great. The name, too, Cole Scorpio, he, he had a great, great rap video with his song that was great. Scorpio! Yeah, and he used to sing it almost like while he's coming down. I used to, and he could dance. It was just great. They had, to, and he had a lot of charisma. They could have really pushed this guy and had Watts say, because Watts tried to give him a major push before he got pushed out the door. You know, Watts always tried to cater to black fans by putting a black face out there, and Scorpio was going to be his next project. Unfortunately, the thing happened, and he, he, he got let go. And while Scorpio, this was the one time. Scorpio was allowed to shine this match with Barry Windham. And this is Barry Windham at Barry Windham's death right before he blew out his knee and it was never the same. Yeah, Barry Windham really good here. Playing, uh, definitely playing the heel, but playing the indie heel who has broken away from the horseman. Um, and, and he's now the lone man or whatever they call him. Uh, the lone wolf, well, it, it, Flair had just come back to WCW and they were building up for the for the. Back at the Beach pay-per-view, which would be the follow-up month, 
where Flair would beat Wyndham for the NWA title. And in that match, Wyndham blew out his knee and was never the same. Hmm. Well, here he's in great form here. He comes oh, in. He's tremendous. And he plays that giant heel to the smaller baby face, but he does it. He, he, he doesn't, I mean, he sells for him. He makes it realistic. He doesn't shit on Scorpio like a lot of dudes. I mean, if this was Kevin Nash versus Scorpio, he'd shit all over him. He would. And and the thing about uh, Scorpio is Scorpio's giving him mad respect at the beginning, too, but he's getting his, like, you know, he's showing a little bit of his agility there. You know, he gets out of that first initial move. But then uh, he gets, like, you know, he he, he gives respect to Wyndham's power, and he's getting beat up for the first part of this match uh, until he gets in some um, pretty cool offense at the end of the there match. Was, there was once, like, he did a breakdancer move for me. To avoid a, a blow by Wyndham on the floor, that he comes right. and drops it. I love that. And, he, and then he goes, "Your body, oh, what a creative maneuver by two post Scorpio." Yeah, best and best super kick I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, this guy had it all. He did it all. I love. And in the WWF, when they got him, Mister Fucking Ball, and call him Flash Punk and shit. Yeah, like they turned him into a pimp. Yeah. He should they should have they should have billed him as a really good scientific wrestler, which is what he was. The only people that pushed him correctly was New Japan, because he was in the junior heavyweight with Jushin Liger and Benoit Guerrero. He flourished in Japan and he He would have been he would have been huge in New Japan today. Yes, yes. Well unfortunately he's he's in the sixties now and no longer active, but today had he been 25, like he was back then, he would have been phenomenal, especially during the AJ Styles, Okada, uh, what's the man's name? The, the, the great one. Not Okada. What's the, you got Okada. God damn. Okada, Tanahashi. Tanahashi, Tanahashi, Tanahashi. Imagine the matches he would have with those guys. Uh, yeah, and he's so light on his feet in the way that AJ Styles is, and I, he really reminds me a lot of AJ. And, um, and Two-Cold Scorpio has one of his all-time great finishes. That shit off the top rope, that, oh, that gymnastic three-and-a-half dive. I've never seen a greater finish off the top rope than that shit. Yeah, what is that? Uh, what does he call that? I forgot the name of it, but it, it won the Observer uh, Wrestling Maneuver of the Year, finish, best finish of the year, one year. It was spectacular. It's great. Scorpio had all. He had it all. He had the charisma. He had the style. He had the look that... American, the American promotion, Mr. Bodum. Yeah, man, he was super talented, super talented, way underrated he's guy. He's fast, he's fast. He's a drop kick, he throws un- unbelievable. I mean, he, he does that dive off the top rope to Wyndham. But Wyndham, like the big man, is supposed to get the advantage and lands a spectacular CDC at the end of the match to win the match. Well, first, four score. Tries for Scorpio tries to get uh, come in with a um, like spring into the, the the ring and he gets punched right he gets punched in midair by right by Barry and Wyndham like all those West Texas State guys those a great work punch and then there's the um, there's a great um, spot I, oh yeah when he gets onto the rope and he he I think he um, he, he he flies up in the air and kind of turns midair and, and gets them like you know across the body. You can see like his his skills coming off that rope are incredible. Like he can turn in midair. You and know? you know who you know who um 
do you, do you know the guy that, that turned him on to watch? Who? Oh, they're both from Colorado. The guy we'll be talking about next, Van Vader. Van Vader <laughs> was the one who, 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 who uh, sent him to watch and said, you got to see this guy. When Watts saw his work, Watts was like, signed him right on the spot. Vader yeah, this... and Scorpio were tagged. Vader helped get Scorpio in the WWF later on. When um, Vader was there, then he helped bring in um, Tuco Scorpio. Unfortunately, they fucked it up with that flash, flash funk bullshit. Now, is that was he the one who originally had the song that uh, they used later for, uh, for um, I think it was like a big fat guy was playing a pimp with uh, Naomi? No, Naomi. no. They were like 10 years apart. I just, I was, what was his song? I can't remember it now, but I think I remember what was, he said. What was, Fat Boy, what was Fat Boy's song with Naomi? I know it was like, uh, Tell Your Mama, or something. She yeah. Like what your mama gave you, or some bullshit like that. Yeah. yeah. Somebody call your mama. Yeah, somebody yeah. call your mama. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, so yeah, it was a similar kind of gimmick as that, of uh, uh, the Funka, the Funkasaurus, that's what it was. Yeah. And, um. But, yeah, the Funkasaurus and he was Flash Punk. There you go. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. No, but so I'm saying, I think they used the same song like that well, he was using. I would, I would be surprised. I think they recycled it for the Funkasaurus. But anyway, because uh, it was a great song uh, that the Flash came out. I remember, pretty sure that was the same one. But anyway, they, they, I, th- I thought it was a good opening. You know, um, I mean, a good entrance. But yeah, they should have played up his skills more instead of making him into Fandango, basically. Unfortunately, um, yes, yes, yes. So this match, yeah, it, it, Barry Windham goes over, but not without the story of the match is that he thinks he's got it won like five or six different times, and, and Scorpio kicks out and shows a lot of resilience and then gets some crazy great offense in the end of the match and almost steals a win, but then Barry Windham gets it in the end with his uh, and this, power. And, and this, 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 the way the, the match ended, he's Scorpio, as wow, he almost won the title. He could be a, a title threat, but no. Yeah. They bury him in a tag team with Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and by the end of the year, he's no longer in the WCW. So they really missed the boat on Tuco Scorpio, like everybody else did. Yeah, indeed. So let's go into this next class here. Uh, this one is August, the two. August of 93, uh, J.D. Boy Smith going up against Big Van Vader. For the Vader's WCW World Championship, and this is your typical great power match. Two yeah. big guys, Vader, the greatest super heavyweight of all time. I mean, what I love about Vader, he sold for the smaller guy. He wasn't like Brody. He wasn't like these other clowns that oh, you, 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 I, I won't let, I won't let a little guy hurt me. No, he make you look good while fucking you up in return. Yeah, and he was stiff too. He worked stiff, but he. He definitely. Um, he, gave, he gave you your shit back, like, and and Blair talked about the a match that we covered. We covered that match, uh, the 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 Starcade '93 match. And by the way, 1993, Van Van Vader had the greatest year of any big man in 1993. He had, and he was voted the Observer Wrestler of the Year. He was '93 was a special year, and Vader with matches with Cactus Jack, Rick Flair, Davy Boy Smith. One classic thing, one classic match after another. Yeah, he was that heir's Brock Lesnar in many ways. Um, and imagine, and, imagine Brock and, and Vader in their prime. That would have been a great feud. Imagine oh. Vader. That I mean, I think WCW should have brought in Vader to put over uh, Goldberg 
doing Goldberg's run. That would have been spectacular. You know, Vader, yeah, just tremendous. Can't say enough about Vader. I mean, he lost he lost some cred when Paul Orndorff fucked him up in the locker room. But Vader asked for that. He was acting like an asshole. But other than that, Vader was spectacular. Hey, man, Paul Orndorff is no, no slouch. You don't want to fuck oh, with him. Oh, he's just one of the tough guys. Yeah, if you want to fuck up by somebody, you can't do any work with Paul <laughs> So I mean, it's not like... Goldberg getting beat up by Chris Jericho, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> but in any case, uh, so this 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 great fucking power move match is awesome because you got first, you know, they uh, the first thing is right on the ramp you get suplexing of fucking Vader by uh, by Baby Boy showing his power, and Baby Boy, even though he's got a lot of power and he's like built up like Scott Steiner. He's still pretty agile. He's doing some fucking pretty good stuff up there. Like, I mean, he drop kicks um, Vader, yep, who, yep, who, who yep. goes on the top rope, and he makes it up there to his face, you know, in a drop kick. Pretty fucking that crazy. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he takes he takes Vader outside. They're outside, and he uh, he does a kind of, I mean, he picks him up like with a suplex and drapes him over the. Um, the guardrail. The, the barricade. The barricade, yeah. Yeah, and he fucking just lays him on there. And after um, Vader misses trying to slam right into him while he's on the guardrail. So then, so this is this kind of story. It's like Dave B-Boy Smith, he's not as powerful, although he's pretty much close to power with in with Vader. He's getting him up for these huge moves, but he's a little faster. So he's getting some of the uh, better of him that way, but... Every, every now, yeah, but he totally gives into the power of Vader now and then. And Vader just fucking really uh, shows it here. And they just kind of have this great fucking big man brawl back and forth. And I think that I don't know if there's any moves that I think this is like a bunch of fucking just real. Yeah, power there's moves. one move right. Vader comes off the top rope and Davy Boy catches him in a power slam, and he looks like he's got the win, but the referee gets knocked out doing that policy by the ref, and then. Uh, then Baby Boy goes for a suplex, and Harley Race uh, comes to the ring, takes his knee out. Vader falls on top of Davy Boy. Davy Boy gets pinned, and then Vader is, is um celebrating. Davy Boy comes to the ring, beats up Harley Race. Vader uh, tries to jump Davy Boy, but out of nowhere comes Cactus Jack, and Cactus Jack destroys Vader to end the show. It's a great run in by Cactus Jack. And that's the babyface turn? No, Cactus Jack already turned babyface. This was, there was two matches in the spring of 93 on w, uh, World Championship Wrestling, Saturday night, WCW Saturday night, where uh, where Vader gave his amnesia angle, which was horrible. And so this was Cactus Jack returning from that amnesia angle. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, this uh, this great. It was great. It, also, there's a, you know, Vader does his patented, you know, um, splash onto Davy Boy, who kicks out. So yep, that's yep. adds. And this, and this fact by Davy Boy losing by cheating, keeps this Yeah, perfectly. So that was, you know, you makes you want to see that match happen again. Although I don't think it does, but uh, it was definitely great. I think it was the only time they even had a match, right? Well, in WWF, they were both managed by Jim Cornette. Right. They were part of Connect Stable in the WWF with uh, Vader and um, Davy Boy Smith and Owen Hart. Interesting. So yeah, Davy Boy Smith. Uh, wh- how long would he last into this promotion? Because I don't remember him being there that much longer. He'd be gone before the end of the year. 
Yeah. And it and was he, probably drug related because he he had gotten he had gotten fired a year before from the WWF for drug drug for, of course drug related uh, offenses. And then in '94 he would show up in the WWF again as helping Owen Hart in his feud with Bret Hart. Right. And he died pretty uh, young, didn't he? Yep, yep, yep. He he died in his early forties. Now, um, Dynamite Kid is still around, right? Triple paralyzed, but still alive. Yeah, both of them are pretty uh, hardcore drug users. I I understand, but uh, they both recreation and steroids. Yeah, they like they like to party. But uh, but I thought they had they were a great tag team too. I mean, one of the great you know all time tag teams. Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, Dynamite Kid's in the Hall of Fame as a, as a wrestler, as an individual. The only way Davy Boy can get in is if they put the Bulldogs in as a tag team. But um, Dave doesn't like to put in guys twice. Oh, I see. But you know, I mean, even on, though man. there's no rule, Dave told me on Twitter once I asked Dave. Because why would a guy go in twice? He's in already. He's in. And then I tweeted Dave back. I said, no, let me give you an example, Dave. What if Stan Lane, who's in with the Midnight Express, was to go in? Could he go in as a member of the Fabulous One? Then Dave came back and said, theoretically, yes. You could go in twice if that's the case. But he doesn't want to do it. Uh, Well, he'd have to get people to bug him and put the Bulldogs on the ballot. The Fabulous Ones... Once the Bulldogs are on the ballot, then, then it's up to the voters. Yeah, I, the, fabulous, on the, the fabulous ones are good. I don't think they'll ever get it, but uh, too bad. Um, and What about the, the Midnight Express are in, right? Yeah, that's one of the reasons why probably the fabulous one on the ballot, because Stanley's already in with the Midnight Express. Yeah, yeah. So um, the British Bulldog... Um, He's uh, he definitely did. He never actually did win the NWA title, right, or the WCW title. No, no, no. he never won any of those world titles. He never won the WF title. Because they were listing all kinds of uh, titles that he had won, like the American and the. Uh, were they just? Yeah, well, were they just he was, bullshit? He was the WWE. He was the Intercontinental Champion, the European oh. Champion, the World Tag Team Champion on numerous occasions. He was part of two great tag teams. His team, his team was with Owen Hart was a great tag team. And of course, the original British Bulldogs were one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And what would you think? What would you say? One of his. This is definitely one of his greatest matches. But uh, you, uh, can you think of any other? For me, his two best great, his two greatest singles matches are with his with his um, brother-in-law Bret Hart. So SummerSlam '92 and the In Your House '95. Those are his two greatest matches as far as singles go. The one where they kept going to like his wife or something. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, the the match with Brett, where Brett bled like a stuck pig. Yeah, yeah, I've got to check those out. We did check those out because we talked about both those matches, those, both those matches on the greatest match series. Oh, that's right. We did talk about them. Yeah, yeah. So, so you guys go out and check them out. If you ever check out our uh, archive. Our archive. Any great matches happen. Well, not these three. Because this, this is like uh, we're adding to that collection. But if you look, if you look, we've done over seventy of those greatest match shows. So they, I mean, we've done a seventy-nine. This is number eighty. <laughs> All right, there you go. We've done eighty shows, yeah. and we've done three per show. So that's over two hundred matches that we've covered, and basically we've covered from nineteen eighty to two thousand in that in that uh, time point. Right on. So what do you have planned for the next show? 
All right, now we go back to wrestling's greatest rivalry. And once again, because I love this guy, I love both these guys. Two of the all-time greats had a great, great, great feud back in 1986 and 1987. Everybody knows about their WrestleMania match. We won't be talking about that match because we covered that match on the Greatest Match Series. So we'll talk about three other three other matches that they took in against each other. The rivalry, Randy Macho Man Savage, the Intercontinental Champion against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, man. That is that is basically Ricky Steamboat. It's, aside from his shit with Ric Flair, that's, this is the one. So, And this is Ricky Steamboat in his prime, in his fucking prime. Both of them, right? Both of them, both Savage yeah. and Steve in their prime. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Two of the greatest workers of all time. And the, and they were made some, some I mean, they I mean, two of the fastest wrestlers of all time and so their speed, their their execution, oh my god. So I will text you the links later on tonight. The matches all occurred between nineteen eighty six and nineteen eighty seven before their WrestleMania three match. And they're all on the network, so no, uh, uh, I don't think any of these matches are on the network. Oh, why not? The WWE owns the footage, but it's not on the network. Ah, uh, they didn't put it up yet. Okay. They haven't put these matches up yet, no. Well, that's good. So we'll be talking about something that's not on the network. You guys have to seek it out on YouTube. And yes, I, will, uh, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will text you the link. Three spectacular matches. Ricky the Dragon, Steve versus Randy, Macho Man Sandwich, 1986 to 1987. Okay, so I'll put those up on Twitter, too, for everybody. So, all right, man, thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon, man. Talk to you next week, man, later. Peace.